you shall not make for yourself a carved image. Thus said the Lord to Moses atop Mount Sinai, even as the Israelites down at the base were already getting their tools ready to carve a calf out of gold. Today on Rooted Daily, we are opening up to the second of the Ten Commandments and seeing what God has to say about idols. Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where we're rooting ourselves in the Bible so we can grow with God a little more every day. I'm Brandon Levy, and humans so badly want an image of God that they can touch and see and understand. I don't know exactly why that is, but history shows us again and again, our hearts are bit towards idolatry. We want something tangible in front of us. And if we don't have that, too often we wander. We see that in the book of Exodus. God demonstrates his power over and over with the plagues, with the parting of the Red Sea, with the pillar of fire and cloud leading them through the wilderness. I I mean, the Israelites really aren't left with any room for doubt. Their God was the one true God, and he was faithful to them. They knew that beyond a shadow of a doubt. They even said it when Moses brought the law back to them. They all swore their allegiance and their obedience to Yahweh. So Moses returns to be with God for 30 days, only a month, right? And what happened in those 30 days? The people ask Aaron to make gods who will go before them. Exodus 32 verse 1. They want a God they can see who will lead them. It only took 30 days. Yet we so badly want an image of God that we can see and touch. And we may say we have faith, but believing without seeing is hard. And it only took the Israelites 30 days. But look closely here in Exodus 32, what happens? Because I think there's some evidence that says they weren't really that quick to turn away from Yahweh and break the first commandment. I think at least for some of them, for Aaron maybe, they still wanted to worship Yahweh They just felt like they needed an object, something to represent him, to focus their worship. Listen to Exodus 32 verse 4 here. And he received the gold from their hand and he fashioned it with an engraving tool and made a molded calf. And then they said, this is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. Aaron gives the people what they want. He gave them this image, this calf, and said, this is your God who brought you out of Egypt. Now, obviously the people, they didn't think that that calf led them out of the land of Egypt. They were all there, right? They saw God in this pillar of fire and cloud leading them out, but they wanted this golden calf to be the representation of God that they could look to as something tangible as they went forward. That's what we do so often. We want a God that we can touch, that we can see. But to have a God that we can see and touch, we have to reduce Yahweh to something he's not. The Israelites reduced the glory and the might of God into a golden calf. They limited God to something a little easier to comprehend, but something vastly less than what the true God is. That's what idols do. So the second commandment, God commands, you shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that's in heaven above or that's in earth beneath or that's in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, 
am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. So the first commandment, have no gods before me, that establishes who the recipient of worship must be. It must be Yahweh. Have no gods before Yahweh. So it's actually the first commandment that addresses things like money, careers, even families that become gods higher in the hierarchy of our priorities, things we might call idols. But the second commandment builds on that. It says, first, the recipient of your worship must be Yahweh. Yes, but second, you must not worship Yahweh in the wrong way. First commandment is about the recipient of worship. The second is about the mode of worship. The message is to not worship even the true God falsely. Now, our idols can be things other than God. The commandment talks about things on the earth or beneath the sea, the sea, right? Today, we could have idols of things here on earth, hobbies, addictions, wrong priorities. That's true. But it's also just as wrong to have an idol of Yahweh himself. At the base of the mountain, that's what the Israelites tried to make. They said, Aaron, give us a physical representation of the God who saved us from Egypt, thus the golden calf. But even an idol of Yahweh breaks the second commandment. Why is that? Because the New Testament says, you know, whatever we do, we do it heartily as if for the Lord, Colossians 3.23. We know our talents, our abilities, whatever they are, they are given to us by God and they should be used for his glory. And the second commandment doesn't negate that, but it does say that those talents and abilities even if they're carving things out of gold, we cannot use them to worship God outside of the way he has told us to. The command is not to make carved images. That's how it starts out. But we know this is clarified in the rest of the passage. It means that the carved images shouldn't be used for worship outside of the specific ways that God gives. This doesn't mean that the, that the nation of Israel couldn't ever pick up a tool and use it on stone or metal or wood. We're going to see later on in our study of Exodus in the sections about worship that there were many artisans that were called to use their talents for God. And God commanded that the Ark of the Covenant have a carved image of the cherubim placed on the lid. So this isn't a blanket ban on carving or using your talents for God, for sure. Instead, this is about two things. First, don't try to equate God with carvings. You can't fully reflect the creator of everything just with the elements from his creation. It will always come up short. God is great. God is vast, greater than any image that we could possibly make with our hands. It only denigrates God when we do that. And God makes it clear he is insulted by our attempts to replace him. And that's our constant temptation to reduce God to something we can see and touch and understand. It's one of the sins that the Apostle Paul identifies when he writes about the sins of the Gentiles. Romans 1.22, it says, claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. That's a warning today. Do not exchange the glory of God for something lesser. Even if we make idols trying to glorify God, they only reduce it. 
So what do those idols look like today? It's anything that we equate God to. It could be a worship service that we connect it so closely to God and the mechanics of worship replace who he is. It could be a preacher, could be an elder, it could be another person we idolize. Maybe they're good people. They seem so close to God that instead of just looking up to them, we, we almost put them on the same platform as God in our mind. It could be a beautiful building, could be uh, this kind of idol. It's anything that even if it's just in the back of our mind, we are putting on the same level as God, that we pursue with the same fervor as God. So first, the second commandment means do not equate God to lesser things in your mind. The second part of this, though, is that while not all carving, even religious carving like the, the cherubim, was prohibited, unauthorized worship was. The golden calf was not just sinful because it was carved out of gold. It was sinful because that was not how God asked to be worshipped. How we worship matters to God as much as who or what we worship. The second commandment taught the Israelites to only worship him the way he commands. It's interesting to think about that in the context of the New Testament, where we know Jesus emphasized the heart of worship, that our authenticity is as valuable, if not more valuable, than the motions of religion. But still, the second commandment, prohibition on idols, was repeated over and over in the New Testament. Yes, it is, and it always was about the heart, but these idols make worship something superficial. When worship becomes a spectacle or an experience, when that becomes an idol, when you've got a light show and a rock band, you're idolizing this hour on Sunday rather than the eternal glory of God. It can become more about the production than the heart of worship, the kind of worship God commands and craves. It may be simple, but it is authentic. God, he always longed for us to love him with all our hearts, souls, and minds. That was true for the Israelites. It remains true for us today. And so we think that must mean the mode of worship can't be too important. If it's just about the heart, why, why wouldn't God appreciate a golden calf carved to him in worship? Because how could we love God with all our hearts and souls and minds if we don't do it the way he has asked to be loved? If I tell you, I'm very allergic to peanut butter. I make it clear that I don't want to be near peanut butter. But you give me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for lunch and say, that's you're giving it to me because you care. You don't really care, do you? How could you really love me if you disregarded what I said is best for me so blatantly? You know, same is true with God. He tells the Israelites, he's about to tell them in great detail how to worship him. He's specific and direct uh, to have loved him with all their hearts, souls, and minds, the Israelites only had one option then. Listen, and the same is true for us today, where God is specific about how he wants to be worshiped in the New Testament. We can't claim to worship him from the love in our heart and not listen. So in the second commandment, God says, we don't need a physical representation of him. They reduce, idols reduce the glory of his true image. And he's been clear about how he does want to be worshiped. So listen to him. Do you see the intensity 
And that one command comes with a promise, the New Testament says. The fifth commandment has a promise, but this one comes with a warning. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. You know, God calls himself a jealous God, and we use jealousy in a negative way, but the word doesn't necessarily mean in a selfish, wicked way. If your spouse is with another person, you are rightfully jealous for him or her. That's what God's saying. God is jealous for us, and he will not allow us to worship other gods or to worship him improperly. God demands exclusive devotion to him, just like a marriage demands exclusive devotion. Therefore, God judges the iniquity of those who hate him to the third and fourth generations. People will say they don't hate God, but God says, you hate me if you do not worship me as I command. We hate God when we refuse to live our lives in accordance with God's will. God sees idolatry as a rejection of him, as adultery against him. We are choosing ourselves and our desires over him. And not only will that affect us and our relationship with God, it will affect generations to come. Now, those future generations always have the opportunity to turn the tide, to return to authentic worship, but it will be harder for them because they don't have our example. We are leaving a legacy for our children to hate the Lord when we do not teach them to worship God's way. But this command doesn't just end with a warning. It ends with hope, right? But showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and those who keep my commandments. Yes, God will visit the iniquities of the fathers on the children for many generations, but God will show unwavering love to thousands if we love him and keep his commandments. The second commandment is about so much more than worshiping statues or paintings or carvings. This is God's plea to love him with all our hearts and souls and minds. And we can't do that if we diminish his glory by equating him with idols, even idols made in his image. And we can't do it if we refuse to love him the way he has told us to love him. So I beg you, do not bow down and serve idols, whether the idols in our lives other than God, career, family, passions, or the idols we create in our own attempt to have a God we can see and touch. Listen, you cannot have a God you can see and touch and still worship Yahweh. He is so much greater than that. Just love him and keep his commandments. And that'll do it for this episode of Rooted Daily. Next time we are opening up to the third commandment, thou shalt not use the name of the Lord vainly. So I cannot wait to sit down, open up God's word with you next time. Thank you for watching this episode of Rooted Daily. We're praying that you're growing with us as we study the Bible and use God's word as our only foundation. If you appreciate this content, you want to make sure others see it, subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app, hit the share button. Most importantly, if you're ready to take the next step, repent, be baptized, and hand over your life to Jesus, let's talk today. 
just send me a text to 317-207-2734.